Hi everybody, I am Liz Elise and you're listening to In The Clouds. My guest today is Elisa Christensen. I hope you all enjoy this week's episode. Hi, welcome uh, Elisa Christensen, uh, my friend, an author, businesswoman, and as I like to call a philanthropist. <laughs> Thank you. Anything, but with time, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And I, I'm super excited to talk to you about what you've asked me to talk about, which um, is just very near and dear to my heart. So thank so, you. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy that you were able to make it today and uh, be here on uh, today's episode. Um, okay. So tell me a little about you. Um, what brought you up to PMC? Okay, so I came to PMC um, kind of as a financial necessity, actually. Um, about four years ago, I had to move out of the place I was living in Oxnard. And um, as a result, I was trying to find another apartment or studio apartment in Oxnard. And I just didn't have the money, honestly. I just could not like I couldn't collect the down, you know, the security deposit and first and last months and, and the rent down there is just outrageous. And so I didn't know what to do. So I rented a Airbnb up here for a month with my good, now my good friend, Jennifer. And I thought, well, I'll come up here for a month and that'll give me a month to save money, you know, to go back to Oxnard and, and rent an apartment. And I got up here and I spent like a week writing out on her deck because I'm an author. And I said, that's it. I'm never leaving. I love this mountain. So that's how I ended up in Pine Mountain Club. So did you find Pine Mountain through your friend Jennifer? Or I mean, it's not really out there. It's not really a We're kind of like tucked or used to be tucked away. <laughs> we used to be. So, yeah, I'm I found curious. it through Airbnb. I like Google, you know, I went on Airbnb and just did a search for like anyone that was renting any kind of space for under a thousand a month for a month. And Jennifer rented me her uh, a room in her house, a room in a bathroom in her house for $600, which I just thought was amazing. You know, coming from the beach in California, I was like, you can't rent, you know, uh, uh, an outhouse for that down yeah. here. So I was super excited and I just got up here. And then um, about a year later, my I was able to get my sons back um, and I got them back up here. I'd been in a custody, long-term custody, custody battle for them with their dad. And they were down in Ventura. And so I got them up here and then I, we were in an apartment for a year. And then in 2019, we bought our house up here. So uh, we really love it. So between 2017 and 2019, you were just able to establish your business and or did you guys rent first? Um, what was you it? Know, was it difficult to? I mean, uh, was it difficult to come up here and just start a life, let alone a business? Let alone well, <laughs> it, it's funny. We never intended to start a business up here. I'll tell you how that happened. That was we call it our accidental business. Um, I'm an author, and so I could work from anywhere. So that was, you know, that was not an issue. I was actually had my most productive time in my career as a writer up here. I, I published five books in four years. And this mountain is very conducive to creativity and writing, which it, and just, um, it just worked so well for me. I got so much writing done. I wrote a book in six weeks, sitting on my deck, looking at this forest. So that was cool, but- That's impressive. Business, yeah, thank you. So, no, I moved up here. I got the boys in a little school that was up here and then decided a couple months later just to homeschool them. And so I was homeschooling them. But when we first moved up here, we were poor. You know, I was a, a single mom. Um, yeah, struggling. Yeah, very, very poor, actually. Like, um, yeah, you're going to have to use water on your cereal for a couple of days until we can buy a gallon of milk poor. That's poor. The custody battle didn't help. And Jennifer, was she your friend back then or did she just oh, yeah. become she's your been friend? My, she's been my first and, and best friend since day one. She's she's just been phenomenal. So um, 
so we moved up here and uh, another friend helped us, you know, get an apartment and it was great. Um, it was a great little, or not an apartment, it was a great little house over on Freeman. And so then um, I decided um, it would be a really neat thing to let the boys make some money, um, you know, to have in their po little pockets. They were so little at the time, Liz, you wouldn't even believe it. They were like 11 so and 12. And now they're like now grown men. But they were so little and um, like Vikings now. <laughs> yeah, big, big, huge Vikings, six foot and six Both one. of them. Wow. Yeah. When we first Ooh. moved here, they were little. And I remember this woman, I don't know how I found out about her, but she was getting ready to sell her house up here, her cabin, and she wanted someone to clean it. And I said, well, we'll do it. So, because I, I cleaned houses in college, you know, and so we went in there and, and, each kid got a job and I got a job and we cleaned this house. And I remember she paid us like a hundred bucks, you know, and the boys were just spreading the money out on the table and their eyes were big and they were like, wow, this is so cool. So you're I making thought, me choke okay. up a little. I'm sorry. That is so, is so cute. Knowing so where cute. you are now. I know. Right. Right. That was a lot of money to us then. Oh, it still is. I mean, a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks, but what um what i got the idea from that job was that we could start supplying pine mountain club with with services and i have i've started lots of i've started i think four businesses in my life that have gone on to be successful so i kind of know the formula you know and so i kind of looked around at pine mountain and i thought okay well what services are not being easily fulfilled up here for a fair price in an efficient way and we kind of slowly figured out that, you know, we could clear people's lots in the spring and summer. We, you know, which is super labor intensive, but that's good for us to get out and rake pine needles all summer. You know, we're outside, we're, you know, the boys are outside, they're, you know, getting strong and healthy and hearty. And then they started stacking people's wood and they started shoveling people's driveways and they started, um, you know, and then eventually we Snow bought poly. equipment. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah remember? we bought more equipment bought a truck and they bought a you know a couple of trailers that we could haul stuff with and but in the beginning I also wanted to teach them about the philanthropic part of of living and producing and and the way I came about understanding it is you're going to love this story so back when I owned a German car repair facility with their dad uh, my dad died of colon cancer and I decided to thank you. And I, I decided to, it was actually happened when I was pregnant with Cruz and I decided to uh, start a car giveaway for cancer survivors in honor of my dad. And so we got a BMW and fixed it up. We had our mechanics and my, my husband at the time, the dad, boy's dad, fix it up get it all you know just as great as it could be it was an old car it wasn't you know a brand new bmw but it was nice it was a bmw you know and um and so then we decided because i'm a writer i thought we'd do an essay contest so oh. we published it in the paper and we got the news out and we said we're going to have an essay contest on what keeps you driving forward towards recovery from cancer and and good health and what keeps your your mentality up and your and your positivity up and um and i said you know we're gonna have an essay contest and the winner will win a car well i had no idea but we had 31 entries that first year and that that to decide who was gonna win um we got all of our employees together we had about 12 employees at the time and we had a christmas party at, at anders and i's house the boys and dad and we sat by the fire and we read these essays and some were written on a cocktail napkin. Some were written in pencil. Some were like perfectly typed and bound with a plastic cover and everything in between. But every single one of these essays was so incredibly beautiful and moving and just like, we got through reading them all and we we're like, how are we, they're all winners. How are we gonna pick a winner? This is impossible. And so finally we narrowed it down to three, a winner and two runner ups. And it was the night of the giveaway. And like everybody in town was there and 
you know, and our, our, all of our essay writers were there. And I, <laughs> I was literally in the back, like almost like going any, mini miny mo to pick the winner. Cause I just, it's they were all so right. And so we finally picked the winner and then the runner up, the two runner ups was a firefighter who had bone cancer. He was like 22 years old, this young, beautiful kid. And it was just horrific. I mean, and then the other runner up was a little nurse who was like 23, you know, and she was there with her little bald head, you know, from chemo. And so we gave them like, you know, pretty cool prizes, but nothing like, you know, the, the car. So then the following year, we had another essay contest and gave away another car. And then I couldn't stop thinking about the nurse and the firefighter. And so the third year, I went to my husband and I said, I need three cars this year. And he's like, that's impossible. We don't have the money. We can't do it. I said, figure it out, figure it out because I'm giving away three cars this year. He's like, I think that's when he decided to divorce me. But anyway, so, so he said, all right. So he fixed three cars up and that, that Christmas, we all got together. We had a band and everything. It was the boys were so little that Cruz was sitting with a Santa hat on in the middle of, of one of the tables. That's how tiny they were. And we all got together and I gave the car away to the winner that year. And then I, I had asked the two runner ups, the firemen and the nurse to be there as our honorary guests. That's all they knew. And I called each one of them up and I said, I haven't been able to stop thinking about you. And um we just we just feel like this is the right thing to do so here's your bmw and here's your bmw well there was not a dry eye in the house it was the most beautiful amazing thing and this oh god i mean the firefighter the young man he came with his arm in a cast because his bones were just crumbling you know from the cancer and the nurse showed up with her fiance she'd gotten engaged and they were so grateful liz i can't even tell you well the point of all this to tell you this story is that that was when it was awakened in me. And it was when, for the first time in my life, I realized what life is all about. Life is not about making money. It's not about driving the latest car. It's not about having the biggest house. It's not about having the greatest figure, which is all things that I thought uh, at different times in my life. You want to have, but. Right. And there was nothing, there was nothing that I had ever done, ever experienced, ever tried, ever been a part of that that brought me such a deep joy as giving away those cars and doing that and then right after that you know my marriage fell apart and the business you know we anyway it didn't so we didn't get to do it again but it was those three times was enough and it, and it planted the seed in me and so when we moved to pine mountain club and the boys and i started working at these little odd random jobs around town, I thought, wait a second, this is my chance to plant that seed in them. You know, the boys and I are never gonna be a Bill Gates. You know, we're never gonna be able to, or an Oprah, we're never gonna be able to give somebody a college education or, you know, buy them a car or a house or pay off never their student never. debt. <laughs> well, you never know, right? You're true. You're right. But what we can do is we can do it. We can do it on our level. And so when we started the little business up here, I, I sat down and explained all this to them. And I said, so this is how we're going to do it. Two thirds of the time, give or take, we're going to, we're going to charge and we're going to charge fairly and reasonably for our services. And we're going to work until the customer is hundred percent satisfied. We're not going to have one customer that is less than 100% satisfied and they're like okay got it and I said and a third of the time we're gonna work for free and they're like what I didn't even know that right they're like why would we do that and I said because I want I want to show you we're gonna do an experiment I said first of all I want to show you the joy the payment that you receive in the in, in the form of joy and and self-esteem and and just this deep satisfaction 
that you get for doing a job just out of kindness, out of generosity, without any form of payment or any reciprocation. So, and so I, that's the first thing I want to show you. I said, the second thing I want to demonstrate is what happens when you take care of a community and they're like, what happens? I said, you watch. This community will take care of this family and we will never want for anything. And within two years, it all came true. We, was it, you know, was we, it hard? Was it hard to get established uh, in this community or did you not have at a all. lot of support? Even we got a lot of support and people, I mean, I've had out of probably 800 customers, I've had maybe one or two question my pricing or, or ask me for a lower pricing because people know we may not be the cheapest, but we're never the most expensive either. Mm -hmm. um, but people know that, that they know most people, a lot of what people know, I don't think most people know, but a lot of people know that we're doing a lot of stuff for the community. So we also started doing trash pickup along the highway and organizing litter pickups. And so like once a month for like three years, when we first moved up here, um, we were out there every month picking up trash. Um, and then I kind of got three of you? Yeah, for, it was just the three of us. Now and then I drag like Jen into it or whoever else I could rope <laughs> in. But it, you know, it was cool and we really loved it. And um, so people would see us out there. And so they knew that we were taking care of the community. And so they took care of us. That's the first thing um, people learn about you when they don't know you. That's, I mean, you made a really big impact on this community and whoever says otherwise is a liar. Whoever <laughs> says any, and the philanthropist part, I've seen it in you with me. I've seen it in you. I've heard it about you. I, I told you so many people I taught, I, mentioned you two uh told me i wouldn't even be able to be up here if it wasn't that for is that meant so much to me when you and told me that i couldn't believe it i guess that's the spiritual part of it for you i mean you're such a sweetheart such a kind-hearted person um uh, the impact you made within this short four years is nothing from going to putting water in your cereal to your little <laughs> chalet, your beautiful house. Um, I'm so impressed. Uh, of course, you write books too. Uh, but the business aspect, I've seen you organize this trash pickups where you got people in this community to come together on a hot Saturday <laughs> get the sheriffs involved and just like climb into the ravines and pull <laughs> i know i was part of it and i was so scared i'm gonna find a dead body right? we should have made wrote stories about the things we all found i but know right it's crazy we we're pulling like armchairs lounge chairs out of the or recliners out of the forest and that was great. And that, that was the, the one time that we really, I was really able to really organize and get a lot of help out there. And it made a huge difference. We got so much trash off that road and out of that forest. Right? You remember how full the trailer and truck were? It was a crazy it amount of trash. Insane. But then after a week, it was, I know. Just, it was so heartbreaking just to see so much effort went into it. So many people. I know. You know, but you brought people together too. A yeah. lot of people met, a lot of friendships were bound because at the end of the day, we, we are a tight-knit community and uh, we need each other. And Yeah, and you know what you said to me was so interesting because I've had a couple of people tell me that, but I didn't quite believe it until you told me. But we have a couple of seniors up here or people that have bought houses like in their 50s or even 40s and they start getting older and older and pretty soon they can't get their groceries up their driveway because their driveway is so steep or up the two flights of stairs to their house because their house is built on a mountain, you know, or they can't, it's hard for them to take their trash in, you know, to the transfer site or whatever. And we do these little services. And I, and I remember I had one customer one time tell me, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we'd have to move, you know? And I, and I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I didn't really think of it, but what a, 
what a beautiful compliment. And, and if I can, if we can help, you know, these people stay on this mountain and at the same time be creating, um, raising two men, two young men that are learning the, the beauty of philanthropy, the beauty of helping, the beauty of community, the, 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 the power and the strength in hard, good, clean work. Uh, I remember one time I was uh, out back on Hudson Ranch Road uh, picking up trash with Nico and I, you know, had one of my mom moments where I get like all like, I don't know, just emotional and, you know, start thinking about the future. And I looked at Nico and I said, Nico, promise me something. And he said, what's that mom? And I said, promise me that when I'm gone, that you'll still pick up trash. And he looked at me and he said, mom, I will always pick up trash for you. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just like, it means oh a lot God. because we live in this beautiful community that so many of us cherish and so many of us came to in my case to heal in your case you just came here for the time being and ended up falling in love what we all or most of us have in common is the love for the people and for this community yes and all the trash it hurts it hurts so deeply it that's does that's why it's so important to pick up the trash that's why it's so important to convey to your sons to please always pick up trash. It, yes. it, just, it really hurts so bad when you see people just how they treat this place with such disregard. When it's well, when you know what? people like you guys. Loons. <laughs> Sorry. Luna, you want, Luna, you want to say hi? So that was Luna. Hi, Luna. That, that's Luna. Say hi. hi. It's your Auntie Elise. Hi, baby. Yes. And I miss Joya. you guys. <laughs> yeah. You got to come see them. I have. So, to. anyway, but I was going to say that, um, you know, you and I are talking about how bad the trash disturbs us. But honestly, this is one of the cleanest areas of California I've ever seen. I mean, compared to the rest of the state and the rest of the country, I mean, we've got it pretty good. There's not that much trash up here. They're really, I mean, it's pretty clean, right? Oh, I see your cat. <laughs> Hi, kitty. That's Rory. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to ask. It's pretty clean. Yeah. It's, yeah. For the most part, yeah. Uh, the community is clean, thankfully. And um, do you feel like in the four years you've been here, our community has changed? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For the better? Well, you know, I, as, as a homeowner, certainly, I mean, I hope my, <laughs> the price of my house is, you know, the, my house value has gone through the roof. Now, in terms of the community, um, I agree. I, I agree. I know where you're getting at and, uh, it's I mean it's the problem is is that people figured out that this is a really cool place to do Airbnbs and a lot of them started doing Airbnbs up here and 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 I think it's great I think people that that own a second cabin up here and want to Airbnb it should absolutely have that right as long as um, they manage it right and I mean I would love to Airbnb in my house if I wasn't living in it because it would Airbnb beautifully you know yeah. but the problem is, is that when you when you have a lot of the uh, a, a big chunk of the houses up here that are being that are are being Airbnb'd around you know full time, um, there's just not the care that 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 you know you lose a little sense of community and it gets right. a little dangerous because people don't understand that you can't throw hot coals off the deck, you can't you know store your trash on the deck um oops or a barrel get it you know you can't um you know there's you've got to be careful We're, we live in a, a national a very dry national forest so that gets a little spooky um so yeah i think there's advantages and not only that but how many how many of us have these issues with insurance um homeowners right. insurance. It, it has been it has become a battle i don't know if who else is affected but we have somebody visiting us every quarter 
It feels yeah. like they're trying to drop you. It Find feels like they go to, to you. So yeah. we're kind of like at their mercy. And yes. this is really scary. And when you come up here from single mom and you're able to accomplish so much with the help of the community, but also, I mean, with your drive. I've seen you, how you organize things. And I mean, how, <laughs> I didn't know you back then. And I was so impressed how you were able to get the people to get the divisions of who picks up what, you drew it out. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, this lady needs to throw the next uh, festival or something. Oh my God. You know, um, I've never done anything like that. I don't, I don't prime, I don't consider that, that part genius. of my skill set. But the way I did it, it was really easy. I just, I figured that it was like five miles to the Y and five miles back. And then I, I kind of, you know, had an idea of how many people were going to show up. And then I figured out that we had enough people to cover a quarter mile, you know, for all 10 miles. And then I just like assigned, I went and, and marked the road every quarter mile all the way to the Y and back. And then once I had the people, I could tell them where their marker was. And then they had to just clean that quarter mile ahead of them. Yeah. And it was so neat because for the first time ever, we were actually able to cover all that territory all the way to the Y and back. Whereas when the boys and I do it, we usually start at the um, clubhouse and we clean, but we barely get to the top of the first set of S curves. Cause it's just, you could only be out there for so long. It's hot. It and so it's hard and it's day. just you know it's just like god your back gets sore you know because even though you have the pickup sticks you still got to bend over and pick up bottles and stuff so it just you know it's hard on you so we can only do it for about three hours well when I had all those people I'm like I'm not going to be having them you know cover territory that's already been cleaned I want to maximize the effectiveness and so I spent that night mapping it all out and it worked so now i mean i don't know about my organizational skills but i do know how to organize a trash pickup <laughs> whatever whatever value that has Our business skills do. for that matter um <laughs> but you you're also an author i am i am and um uh, which and one is your favorite book god i don't know you know it's funny i brought two up here to show you guys um, that pertain to kind of what we're talking about right now, which is, you know, how I taught the boys to, you know, run a business. And by the way, now, Liz, it's to the point where they don't even need me. They're like, okay, mom, we can go do this. You don't even have to go. Or if I do go, I'm like sitting in the truck with them, like twiddling my thumbs and playing words with friends on my phone. I'm like, not even, I'm like, why am I even here? In this day of, <laughs> day of age, it's, it's even good to teach someone to have self-awareness and just, yes, it's not yeah. only about being kind, but it's also about having self-awareness and awareness of your surroundings. And I feel yes. like many people don't teach their children anymore and when I meet Nico and I think they hire Nico and um Cruz oh Cruz he's yeah. so cute he's always hi <laughs> he's, oh, he's my little yeah, social butterfly he's yes. never met a stranger you know it, it, Cruz and Nico's just he's my he's my just my solid quiet type but it was so funny because we were um we were at the clubhouse last night and this guy that I never met before who lived up here for like 12 years, he came up and he's like, oh, wait a second. And people do this all the time now. They're like, wait a second. You know, you're the Christensen brothers, mom, right? <laughs> That's my claim to fame. It's not like, oh, look, it's Elisa Christensen, the author. No, it's, oh, there's the Christensen brothers, mom. You did like, great. Congratulations. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I printed these little celebrities. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you something. I'm like, what's that? And he said, you know what? You are considered by many of us to be the most ethical family on the mountain. And people talk about all the time how if you want a job done and you want it job done right and fairly at a good price, you called the Christiansons. And I was so flattered. I sat there and I, I was with Eric, my friend, Eric, 
And I, I almost started crying and Eric realized like I was having a moment. He started rubbing my back and he's just like, wow. And anyway, it just was so nice. And so um, to tie that into my writing, um, one of the first books that I, the second book that I wrote, which I finished well, um, up here is, here, I'll hold it up so you can see it. It's called Raising Boys to be Honorable Men. And it's got a picture of the infamous Christensen brothers on the cover. Um, but it's um, it's a it's a really neat book. It, it it was started off as love letters that I was writing to my boys in case I didn't ever get to see them again or or raise them because I was in a really brutal custody battle that I I had run out of money on and was on the losing end of. So. I was writing this as love letters to my boys on life so that, you know, and it covers stuff like honoring your commitment, um, you know, giving a hundred percent, being a lion, not a sheep, not, you know, not caving into peer pressure, um, you know, um, how to treat people, how to, you know, the art of forgiveness, um, the art of humility, you know, all of these things. And I, so I put it into this book and then I got the boys back. And in fact, Nico helped do the final edit on it. So it was really cool. But so that's one book. And that, that definitely ties into my experiment of how to raise two men in this world, in this complicated, screwed up world so that, that they, they can actually make a difference. So they, they, they will actually do things that will not only soothe and feed their own souls, but soothe and feed the world around them and the community they're growing up in. I really wanted the boys to, to be raised with a sense of community and responsibility. Um, this is the perfect place. Now. It is. And you know, it's, I saw a quote the other day on Facebook and I, I'm going to totally screw it up, but I'll give you the gist of it is the difference between, they were making a comparison between the difference between European settlers that came to the U S um, years and years ago and the, Amer the American Indians, the native American Indians, um, that were here. And, um, basically the European settlers was their attitude was more like, what can I get from this land? And the American Indians were more like, what is my obligation to this land? Yeah, such pure people. Right. And it just, it, the difference that that difference is so profound. Um, and it could be applied to a lot of things like, like one, I wrote an essay about a year ago um, and with the boys, I, I read it to the boys and explained it to them. I said, you know, we get up every day. We all have a combination of tasks uh, that vary between things we really want to do, things we kind of don't really feel one way or other about things we don't want to do, you know, and, and pretty much every day of the, your adult life has a good mixture of those three in them. I said, I said, we're going to do an experiment and we're going to take the things that we don't necessarily want to do today. And instead of saying, I have to do this, we're going to say, I get to do this. So instead of saying, oh, I have to clean the bathroom today. I'm going to say, I get to, I get to clean the bathroom today. Instead of saying, I have to finish my homework assignment, I'm going to say, I get to finish my homework assignment today. We did it for just one day and it was it's just amazing how much the difference of that, changing that one word out made. Really? It made oh, yeah. And your yeah, because, uh, approach to it? How did it make a difference? It totally changed our attitude. Huh. It was like, I don't have to, I don't have to clean that bathroom. I get to, I get to clean that bathroom. And then that leads to the, th leads to the thought, I have a bathroom. I have a roof That's, over my head. That, I have I get a beautiful it. bathroom with a cute little clawfoot tub in it that I love. Love your bathroom with the stone, I, with the shark. It's my favorite. <laughs> Cute. It, but you know what the difference is is that instead of I have to instead of now me approaching it like a drudgery I'm approaching it uh, with gratitude I get to clean my bathroom today and, and Nico and I did it for one day and it, we were both astounded 
of what a so, difference it made. So I get so, to go to work on Tuesday? Yeah, you get well. to, hey, you have a job. <laughs> yes. You have a job when most uh, most people in this world don't. They would give their right arm to get to have your position and to have your job and your income, you know, to have your car, to drive to work, to have the roof over, you know what I mean? Like you just, yeah. it just, and so I guess the whole point is to, you know, and we do that too with our jobs, you know, especially like we have to really apply it a lot during lot clearing season because frankly, we hate lot clearing. It's hot and sweaty and hard. I and would be worried if you didn't hate it. I, it's right. four days. <laughs> it's horrible. But, you know, like every day we get up and we're tired and we do it for six days a week, you know, and we're tired <sighs> every day we get up. We, you know, we, we have coffee and we say, we get to, we get to go help this person today. We, you know what we, and we always say, we're making this mountain safer one lot at a time. And that really makes us feel good. Cause now we're, we're making this little mountain safe, this little community safe. Right. So that's I very think it's true. All, yeah, it's all in your attitude and it's all, um, you know, and it's just been really neat to have the chance to raise my sons through adolescence and apply different things that I've learned. It's not um, easy to, to, I mean, I've seen you uh, walk your dogs and I honked at you and <laughs> you, you didn't even know who I was and you looked up as if, you know, you already knew you saw your best friend and you didn't even know who I was at the moment. <laughs> But having this kind of attitude, I don't know where you draw the energy from to be this way. I mean, you have a lot of energy, which I love, but you have a lot of like positive energy towards things. And, and, and when you do things, you put an impact on it because of that. Thank you. It's because of your attitude or because of your aura. I don't know what it is. I mean. But girl, I was not always like this. I mean, I went through. I went through a severe depression when I got separated from those boys, oh. severe. Like I isolated, I can isolate like nobody's business. And I went through uh, about six years where I would, I, I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't change my clothes. I would, wouldn't comb my hair. Six years? I would, well, for about, I would say for about four out of those six, it was really bad. I mean, like my car battery would go dead regularly because I wouldn't ever start my car enough. Like it was bad. And, um, and I had to scratch and claw my way out of it. Honestly, that was a very dark abyss, a black abyss. And I had to scratch and claw my way out of it. So I'm telling you this because, you know, people see me now and they're like, yeah, they're like, you're so happy and so positive and so upbeat. You have so much energy and so much love. It's natural. It is, it is natural, but I've had to work for it. I've had to fight for it because there was a time where I wasn't even sure if I wanted to be here anymore. If I, you know, if I didn't get to see those kids, I was just, I was done. Yeah. I didn't have any will to, will to live, but I hung in there for them. And, um, and I finally just had to, and I've written a lot of articles on it. Um, I had to scratch and claw my way out of that severe depression. And it was rough because, you know, once you get down in that hole, it messes up your whole brain chemistry right. and your brain starts underproducing your endorphins and your dopamine and your serotonin and all your levels get whacked out. And it's really hard to flip that back. It's a chemical imbalance. Yes, basically. absolutely. Yeah. And I was on antidepressants for a while too. I mean, Sometimes you just need to, you know, be, you know, need help from pharmaceuticals and doctors. There's no shame in that game. None. Um, but yeah, I've been there. So I, I, and I'm, and you know what, Liz, I'm glad I went through that. I'm glad because of everything had just been hunky dory my whole life. If I hadn't had to live under the poverty level, if I hadn't had to you know, scratch and claw my way out of a severe depression if I hadn't had to have gone through that custody battle and, and, you know, and, and, and gone through, you know, I broke my back and went through all that and had to get off opiates, all, all the stuff that I've gone through, it, it's made me a kinder, 
humbler, more, more compassionate person and more passionate. Now, when I see somebody on the street or someone takes time to stop and talk to me as I'm walking the dogs, or I see someone at the store and they give me a half smile, I give them a full smile and I tell them I love them. And I tell them they mean something to me because you know what, man, if there's anything I've learned is, is tomorrow is not a given. Also in this community, we are, we need to be a family. Yes, absolutely. Um, We need to have each other's back because there will be times or could be times where we have to rely on each other for resources. Absolutely. People who live in places like that, it's not about just a beautiful view, but if you don't have the heart to want to be a part of a community, baby. Uh, (laughs) Luna wants to be in on this. If you you don't want to be part of a community, then it doesn't really make sense. If you are not here to respect of our, uh, uh, to have respect of our community, um, all you're gonna do is break it. That's true. That's true. You do have to have respect for the community. Uh, and I've run across a couple of people that don't. And our know, way of living very- is not easy. It's not. It is very. It is brutal. And I worry people about a lot understand. of people up here. Yeah, I worry a lot of, about a lot of people up here that are really not equipped because of either their, you know, Cars. lifestyle, who they are, their age, their, they have a disability, they, you know, um, or they don't have the resources um, to live up here, you know, to, to be able to, to get help if they need it, to be able to have someone come in and stack their wood for them or, you know, I mean, one woman I know up here, she just moved up here and she didn't even know how to start a fire in her fireplace and you know it's like yikes you know so we we try to help as many people but I will tell you this Liz there for every one person that I help or that we help up here I feel like there's another 10 that need our help that we never get to well because we're they're not on Facebook or we should help as a community it shouldn't be I mean we all appreciate you we all love you um but my thought is where can I find this help or where can I find this? And it shouldn't be, oh, right. the Christian sense. Yeah, maybe we should all kind of like have part in it. All of us who, um, well, I'm sorry, the cat, <laughs> she, come on, get down. I know we keep having animal interference. My dogs keep trying to jump in my lap. No, I agree. And, and again, we need to help. You know, if we appreciate you, we need to help you. I need to find Thank a way. You. This cat. Is I know. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. But yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, it's now we're all in such a jagged, awkward time because of COVID. Like, is COVID over? Is it not over? Can we start hanging out again? Can we start, you know, community, you know, events again or something like that? And, and, and nobody knows. But if we can get COVID behind us and get on our feet again, I think someone like you, you're the, you're the, you're the first person up here that has really gotten it and realized that we need to be more organized about it. And we need more resources up here for these people. And we need to, to reach out. And I, I get where I just think it's wonderful because what you're doing is basically taking what the boys and I started and trying to spread it out, make it more available. And if we could do that, that would be great. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a visualist and I'm just picturing like you and me and the boys and all these other wonderful people up here, you know, spreading out this beautiful golden safety net for everybody that lives here. Imagine so that. we can catch them if they need help. We can lift them up if they need help, whether that's just going and sitting for an hour with a lonely senior you know, and talking to her or, you know, making sure her prescriptions are picked up at the pharmacy when it's snowing up here and she can't get down there. You know, I mean, I don't even want to think, I, it, it hurts me to even think about how many people up here need more help. And when you bought a house up here, let's think about that. When you bought a house up here, like me in my forties right now. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the house prices went up, but they went up everywhere else. It's not easy yeah. to move either. So it's not no, like, it's oh, not. why don't you up and leave? Because you have to consider the drive you have, uh, but maybe not the right car. You have to consider right. the elevation with the heart issues. If you yeah. have a heart issue, it's not really good for you. Apparently, asthma is okay because I do have it and I seem to be okay. So many things out not ha having to uh, take, not having the trash, the, the ability to take out trash. You have yeah. to take a, you have to take your own trash. We don't have trash service. We don't have mail service. All of that, and if if there's a certain age, you just can't do it. What if you're alone? So right. you and I, you and I talked about or toyed with the idea of getting together with the uh, HOA. Yeah, with the clubhouse uh, and maybe finding people who need help and finding people who want to help and get them together. Uh, yes, I think that would be great. I think that would be a huge service to the community. Um, and it's just a matter of reaching all of them. But yeah, with the HOA, they would we be able. Right. See, I don't think I mean, a lot of the seniors up here aren't on aren't on Facebook, so they don't know. You know, the other people know. are not on Facebook. Yeah, we're, yeah. We, we have a lot of members in Facebook, but we can assume that everything is uh, reached via Facebook for sure. Right. So the HOA right. definitely in that aspect would help. And it is about getting us closer together and not getting us stripped apart because sometimes there's days where I, I love my house. I met yeah. my man here. I mean, yeah. I, I I started believing people again. I came here to heal and I had so much love and support from this community and just like you did. And if you are in this community and you reach out to this community, you get back. You definitely get yeah. the love back. You, you definitely get that back. I'm trying to preserve this. Yeah, I think it's super important. I and I think it, it, yeah, and I think it really goes back to just maybe if there's some way we can make people aware, tell them and convince them until we, we until they experience it them, themselves, how much wealth there is in doing, in helping others with no strings attached, no money involved, just out of kindness. If, if, if more people understood that there's something you gain from that, that, that is priceless. Most um, people need opportunity. Then maybe, yeah, you. if they had opportunity, then maybe we could get more people involved because it is amazing when you know you're helping someone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing like it. There's not, there's no amount of money in the world that can buy that kind of heart joy. It's not only helping disabled and elderly, it's also helping each other. But we, we are a town. We, we need yeah. to be, even if you have uh, different ways of thinking, at the yeah. end of the day, maybe there's some common ground, what I'm trying to find. Maybe, hey, why is he speeding? Well, I'm speeding. Why is he driving slow? Well, I'm driving slow because I'm scared to hit somebody. Why are you speeding? Right. Well, because I'm capable of driving fast and right. I still can't stop for the animal. Uh, just finding a way to find common ground in this community, whether you guys get along or not get along, but find a way to make this place a really great community yeah i think it i think that would be great um let's keep this conversation going let's yeah. let's get more people involved that are wanting to or willing or capable of stepping up and helping and and let's you know, try to spread the word about how much joy there is, you know, maybe Bill and I can think, help us when we talk, maybe we could sit down and talk to Bill Lewis. What can we do to make that happen? I what love can, Bill. He's, he'd be great. He'd I feel like he would to be to. the guy to talk to. Yeah. Sure. He's, he's awesome. And you know, the way the boys and I have had so much opportunity is we're just out and about so much, you know, at some point, 
I mean, we know every nook and cranny on this mountain because, you know, and we've, we've done so much work for so many people that we're either driving to, you know, plow snow or stack wood or haul trash or whatever. And so, you know, we see, we pass the, you know, the little old lady that's out there trying to shovel her driveway, you know, and it's like, what are you doing, girl? Let me, let, let's just let the boys do this for you. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, I don't have any money. It's okay. You know, we're going to, the people that want to pay us that are paying us to shovel their driveways is going to take care of us fine today let me hope you know a few people that don't have the money you know or just little things like that just you know we we come across these people and uh we discover them and it's and and that's how we trip on so many opportunities i don't know that we're any better than or kinder or more generous than anybody else up here we just you know, because we're out and about so much, we come across a lot of opportunities and, and that's wonderful. That's joyous because then we get to do it. And then we come home at the end of the day and we're tired and we're sore and we're hungry, but our hearts are full and it's the best feeling in the world. I, I get that. But how do you even have time? Are you working on any projects right now? I am. <laughs> <laughs> book yeah. or otherwise or are you taking over the world i don't know no <laughs> no i'm not are you plotting um, <laughs> yeah no i'm 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 writing and uh actually i'm doing a lot of reading right now i'm reading three different books right now uh because you know to be a good writer you have to be a good reader so i'm reading a lot right now i'm putting some ideas together i've got a collection another collection of poetry coming out um that i need to get with megan monroe up here do you know mm -hmm. megan of she's course. great she's such a, an amazing artist and designer and she's gonna um loan me a bunch of her little snarky feisty yes, yes sketches women for my so cool. collection so that was cool too as i found um th uh, two artists well three with megan that have illustrated my books really um, yeah which is really cool because you know, my books, some of them sell in Europe and things and they sell all over the world, you know, all over Amazon. And, and so it gives me the opportunity to take my book up, up a notch. And, and it also gives exposure to these artists. So, right. uh, yeah, so three of my books have been, are, are, well, two have been, and one will be illustrated by a local artist. So that's really cool too. Yeah. And that's a, another reason why it's so great to be in this community you yes you have yes. each other you have the publicists you have judith you have the writers you have the and artists we have, we have adventure inc our own very little books wonderful bookstore with bill grainy at the helm and he does great um and has I'm, so yeah everybody i'm should very excited about the uh, yeah. new collaboration with ron and rustic yes That's such a great idea i'm so glad renee didn't sell what goes better with a great book than a great cup of coffee in a Danish? Come on. Yeah. You just sit awesome. there, you just read a book. It's our tiny little Barnes and Noble. It's perfect. Yes. It's I such love a it. Perfect idea. And she stayed <laughs> and it gives you hope too, because it, it got scary there for a minute. It did. It did. It got scary for sure with COVID, but I think we're going to pull out of it and come back together. I don't think the world will ever be the same but yeah. what is ever the same everything is always changing so we you know one of the biggest ways to be successful in my humble opinion is to to be flexible to change you know to be willing to reinvent yourself every time your world changes i mean that's kind of necessary isn't it thanks for joining me for this episode of in the clouds i am liz avise and ending today's episode with words of wisdom and as always wishing you a great week until next time.